You're listening to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, the very best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Penguins, Nick Hart. Yes, we are back for another episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Nick Hart here for another episode, and we had to run through a little bit of red tape at the start of the last episode, given that it was our first episode of the season, but we don't need to give you any explanations as to what's happening here. If you are a little confused as to what's going on, if you're new to the podcast, go back, listen to the last episode. We lay it all out for you right there. Without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. My guest for this episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast is Penguins forward Andrew Agazino is coming off of a pair of strong games for the Pens. Newcomer to the team this season. So, Andrew, first question out of the gate. How's northeastern Pennsylvania treating you? It's treating me pretty well. We've Good. had some uh, some nice weather here lately. Uh, starting to get settled in. You know, got in my, got in my house. And, um, you know, it's been a great start for us, too. It has. The, the team's starting to, to put things together. Like I mentioned, a pair of great games for you coming out of last weekend with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins uh, now earning their first winning streak of the season but you mentioned getting uh, settled in to a new home new surroundings out here well, I'm glad to see that you're you're playing well you're you're fitting in well but this is sort of a new foray into your life let's not even discuss the professional side of things you're a new father yeah you got you got a baby yes proud father little uh five and a half month old girl Harlow so um the off-ice aspect of getting settled has been a little different uh, this oh, sure. season as to post the years past, um, you definitely need to buy a lot more things when, <laughs> when getting into your house, but, um, it's great. They'll, uh, they'll be down, uh, this weekend. So, um, uh, excited to have them back. So you've been able to sleep well, at least at the start of the season, right? Because, uh, your wife and a uh, daughter, they've been back at home base near Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to bank all the, uh, the extra sleep I can get now. So, um, she's, been a pretty good sleeper for the uh, majority of the first five months, so hopefully the change of scenery doesn't, uh, you know, mess her up her routine up that much. But um, I'm definitely trying to bank as much as I can right now. Yeah, because you know that's going to come back <laughs> around, right? I Absolutely. feel like as soon as your wife walks to the door, she's just going to hand her over yeah. like years yeah. now. Yeah, you know what? She deserves that. It's been uh, about a month and a half now of her taking care of her by herself, so um, I'll be happy to help. So how does that work, or how did that work in the summer? Because you're training for a new season. You're trying to get ready for a new year. I know players go through their routines, their skates, their workouts, things like that. What was it? Workout skates in the morning, baby duty at night. Was it vice versa? How did you and yeah, your wife try and balance it? Pretty much. It? Um, like I said, my wife was great with, with uh, you know, allowing me to sleep, and she doing all the stuff in the middle of the night. But, um, you know, pretty much wake up, train skate come back and uh just have some family time we're lucky enough uh in our profession to have a lot of you know free time in the summer and um you know just trying to take advantage of and spend that time with uh with them because at the start of the season you kind of miss out on a lot being away for about a month now so that was uh the cool part about the summer is just spending so much time with them and yeah, really that's that's the perfect time too because you said five months right yeah. so what that's uh i'm gonna try and do math on the fly may late Bird? april Late April. April 29. I'll take it. So there you go. Close enough. That, that yeah. works. That yeah. works. I'll, I'll just tell people <laughs> I was right. Yeah. So that's right at the end of one season yeah. and then right into the summer. The, the day after we got eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, really? So I, uh, we lost out in Bakersfield. Uh, I ended up flying from LA that next morning 
to Toronto, and it happened uh, just a couple hours after that. Were you terrified during the playoffs that it was going to pop off, like in the middle of a game or yeah, something? Yeah, especially because they, uh, they were back in Toronto, and I was in Colorado. Yeah. So we were trying to every day plan logistically, okay, if it happens today, I can fly out of here, I can connect there, I can get here at this time. Um, so there was definitely a lot going on, but um, it just happened to work out perfectly for us. It really did. I mean, shame that you got knocked out of the Calder Cup playoffs, but if there was a time for things to work out the way they did, right. I don't think you could have asked for anything better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One season ends and the season of fatherhood begins. Yeah, there wasn't much. There was no <laughs> vacation at the end of the season no. this year for me. <laughs> Absolutely not. You said uh, preparing for, for a new home, you have to buy a lot of new things and, and stuff like that, especially with a baby now in the, the stable. What were some of the things that you were surprised had to go on the, the purchase list? Just a lot of little things, um, you know, different uh, laundry detergent for her. My wife sending me lists of, uh, you know, certain toys I got to buy. Yesterday, I spent all day putting together um, some of her toys, some of the bigger ones. Um, yeah, just a lot of things you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think that you need. And um, luckily for Amazon, because we usually just get things uh, sent right to the house. So that's been a big help. <laughs> oh, we need this. We forgot to get this. Let's just Google exactly. it real quick and it's here tomorrow fire morning. it in the cart. That's yeah. It. That's perfect. See, I don't have kids, don't plan on having kids for a little bit. So basically what I'm doing right now is I'm just asking you these questions so that I can go back and revisit this podcast in a couple of years. I'll prepare you. You need new detergent for babies? They need different That's laundry it. detergent? Yeah, that, it's, uh, I don't know what, I mean, I guess it's their skin's a little more sensitive than ours, but um, yeah, there's certain detergent that uh, you have to use for newborns. <laughs> Baby laundry detergent. And I, would, I mean, I, I guess it I, makes sense. I, I just was just like you it. before. Yeah. Before I had, I would have had no idea until uh, until until you're right in it. Yeah. How many other guys in the locker room have kids right now? I'm the only one. I was going to say, yeah. I think you're the only father in the yeah. room right now. I think there's uh, I know there's one on the way. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm the only one right now. So have any guys come to you? for any sort of future fatherhood tips right now, or is it just so far off their radar because they don't have to worry I about it? I think it's far off on so a lot of guys' off, radar, yeah. so it, it uh, hasn't really happened. But like I said, I think um, one of the guys uh, is expecting. Um, so as they get closer, uh, I'm well, sure we can They're going to be knocking on about, your door. Yeah, we can chat a little bit about it. Yeah, I remember there was a couple of years ago here with the Penguins. I think it was – the end of the 15-16 season, it was like four different guys all had their first baby in like the span of three months or something like that. And it was all right wow. at the end of the year, right at the start of playoffs or something. I can't remember who was first. I think it was Dustin Jeffrey mm -hmm. was the first one. And every guy after that was like, Dustin, you got to tell me, like, <laughs> what, what do I need? What do I, what do, I do if this happens? Yeah. And then he – answer that for one guy and then a week later the next Dustin man you got to tell me like because he was like patient zero he was the first one to, to have the kid yeah, it's and it's really it's really baptism by fire when, when you have the child it's you don't know anything and then um you kind of just pick up as you go and you have no choice but to, but to learn it and, and kind of figure it out now I'm sure in your your hockey career you've had veteran players players older than you that have had kids and maybe their kids are uh, around the locker room and things like that. Do you foresee a day where your daughter's going to be tearing around uh, whatever locker room you're playing in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's an exciting time. Um, anytime the, the kids would come in on other teams um, and they interact with the other players, uh, it was always kind of fun to see. And um, you kind of, you know, for myself, I would think about that one day. So 
as she gets a little bit older, maybe not so much this season, but well, definitely course, next yeah. season when she's uh, running around, I'm sure she'll be in the locker room uh, with a stick in her hands. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure if I would trust a lot of these guys <laughs> with, a, with a baby that's only five months old. <laughs> At what age do you think it becomes appropriate to be like, all right, I think I can – let my teammates i can trust them with this fragile merchandise honestly with some of these daughter. guys i don't know if there is an age there is not I don't, there's I, not it's more so them than the baby so <laughs> yeah so i don't i don't know oh oh that's good well um congratulations on Thank fatherhood um, i'm sure a very exciting time in your life as you really sort of a you said baptism by fire a completely new yep. territory um in your life congratulations Thank to you, you and your wife um and you made a a switch to a little bit lesser degree not nearly as dramatic as fatherhood but um, a switch in your career this season coming over from the western conference to the eastern conference you had played primarily in the western conference your entire yep. ahl career every season every season in the west so this is my first question to you and i'm interested to hear your response in your early tenure here with the wilkes granted penguins is there a difference between the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, at least in terms of uh, style of play? I haven't noticed too much in hockey-wise. Okay. Um, I feel like once the game starts, it's kind of hockey. and It's the game. Every game has its own you know, identity and its own kind of life in, in its own way. Um, so I haven't noticed too much on the hockey aspect. Where it's different for me is – uh, different cities, for example, like Bridgeport. Um, that was the first time I've ever played uh-huh. in, in Bridgeport in Lehigh Valley. Same thing. So normally, um, getting on on the road, I know exactly. Can we pull into this hotel? I'm going to this place for dinner. I'm walking to get a coffee at this place. I kind of have it all figured out. And now uh, it's kinda, it's all new cities for me. I have to kind of refigure my routine out uh, in, in different cities and and where to go for dinner and stuff like that. But um, hockey wise, like I said, it's at the end of the day, it's still the same game. I'm glad you said that because that's the way that I've always felt. Granted, I'm never someone who played at a high enough level to really experience it myself. But you sometimes hear people talk about, that, oh, this guy always played in the East or this guy always played in the West, even in the NHL. And like, oh, how's he going to handle the change to the style I'm playing? I'm like, well, it's still hockey. If you right. want to talk about the travel, that's a completely different exactly. animal. But when it comes to the game on the ice, this isn't American League, National League, like in Major League Baseball. Yeah. It's hockey. When the puck yeah. drops, you're just going out. And like there I said, playing. every game has its own way of of finding its. You know, it, some games are rougher than others. Some are faster. Some are chippier, and every game's different. So it just um, there's games in the West that are, you know, fast and skilled, and there's games that are bogged down and tight defensively. And the same thing in the East. So yeah. I haven't noticed too much. Ah, well, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad someone validates <laughs> my opinion that I've sort of kept to myself for a couple of years now, but yeah. now I have some backup in Andrew Agazino. Speaking of the travel in the, the Western Conference, is it all that it's cracked up to be as just being a complete and total grind? In the Western Conference? Yeah, in the West. You know what? I, I didn't mind it so much. Um, it's obviously flying everywhere we played, uh, especially being in Colorado last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? You're flying in the day before, and you go for a nice dinner. You play two games usually, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. And you fly out early the next morning. So I didn't really mind it that much. Um, personally, I'd rather fly than bus four or five hours. Okay. Um, I've just, I just kind of. Just a personal thing. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, the travel, I, and there's no three and threes in, in, in the Western Conference mm-hmm. either, which uh, cuts down on the busing. So the only time we really bus is within California last season. Um, so the travel for me wasn't that bad. If I mean, I'm sure guys get tired of going to the airport, going through security. Right. 
luckily we had direct flights everywhere we went, but if you have to connect sometimes, it can I can see it getting a little challenging, but uh, I didn't find it too tough. So you say you'd prefer going to the airport, going through security, catching a flight versus the four, five-hour bus trip. Luckily for the Penguins this year, we don't make too many of those. But what was your, I guess, uh, initial reaction when you found out the first few games of the season for the Penguins were going to be an hour and a half away, an hour away, well, that's, that's an hour and a half away? Well, that's the flip side of it. That, that's yeah. the nice part about the travel with the busing because you're in your own bed. So, yeah. you know, for example, we play in Binghamton the next night. We don't have to travel the day before, which is nice, you know, we play 12 games or whatever it is during the season like that an extra 12 nights at home that's uh that's kind of nice for for someone with a family if you have your wife or girlfriend in town so or a baby or a baby <laughs> <laughs> um but uh that 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 is nice having essentially three teams that we can bust day of um you know and cut down on those road games yeah and play them more than a handful of times during the right. season yeah so it's it I'm not sure how many times we play each of them but yeah I'm sure it's probably over You'll, 15 games. You'll get very used road. to seeing yeah. the Hershey Bears and Lehigh Valley Phantoms. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it, it feels like every every other game at times during yeah. the season. But at least they're not far away. You can sleep in your exactly. own bed. Really easy, uh, quick travel. Really perfect placement for the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins in terms of geography with Binghamton a little bit to the north, yep. Hershey and Lehigh Valley. Even Syracuse nearby. isn't that far if I'm no, uh, mistaken, there, right? there have been times where the team has day-tripped Syracuse wow. because it's only two and a half, I yeah. think. Like if if The weather's not bad. It's, weather's not yeah. bad. It's two and a half, 215. Um, but there's times where we've stayed overnight there too, but you can day-trip mm -hmm. it. So you can even say four teams Yeah, just right in that vicinity where you just go yeah, up, that's, that's come nice. back, sleep in bed. That's nice. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Now the Penguins will have to catch some flights later in the year when we go out to the Western Conference back to a place that you are very familiar with. In fact, a team coming in this weekend as mm -hmm. we record the podcast, the San Antonio Rampage. You yep. spent several seasons with the Rampage. You're going to have to be everyone's tour guide whenever we go down to San Antonio. You no and Doug problem. Warsofsky. No problem. What was it like playing in San Antonio? Because that is a major market with a minor league hockey team. You know, it's a major market, but they draw really well for yeah. fans. Um, you know, on a Friday night, the, the, the rink is seven to 8,000 fans. Um, they have a really big following there. And it was, it, I had two separate stints. And, um, you know, my wife and I, we, we loved it uh, from start to finish. Uh, that was somewhere we felt like was home for us for that time. It's the longest we've been in one city together. Um, and, you know, the weather was obviously a huge uh, a bonus there. Um, you know, in January, it's 65 and sunny outside. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. But <laughs> like you said, it is a major city, so it has all the amenities you want. But when it comes to minor league hockey, it is it is still a, a, a big thing there in San Antonio. The place gets bumping on the yeah. weekends. You said they, still, sure they still draw well. Um, what's a, What was your favorite spot in San Antonio, if I don't mind picking your brain? My favorite spot is it's where I lived, actually. It's called the Pearl District. So the it's Pearl District? The per Pearl District. So it's an old uh, brewery and surrounding area that was – You've piqued my interest. Yes. So it was uh, – yeah, I think it was kind of run down, and um, they revamped the entire area. So they built a beautiful hotel there, beautiful apartments, bars, restaurants. Okay. And it's all walking accessible now. So you can just walk, park your car, walk right in there, and there's tons of things to do. Uh, we actually – I lived right in there, as I mentioned. Um, and like I said, we, we drive to practice, drive back, and we wouldn't touch our car the rest of the time. Um, everything's – accessible there so we had a great time that um if if you like some breweries i can show you a few of them there when we, when we go down uh 
in January, I think I, it is. I'm gonna have to get my notepad out and I start scribbling you. notes. You're gonna have to hook me up with all the all the spots. I'll send to you go the to. places that I'm not going. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So make that, sure exactly, we don't cross paths. Exactly. Yes. In case you're with the coaching staff. Yeah. Well, we'll try and keep them separated. Yeah. There we go. Um, I did hear a rumor though that there are only two ice rinks in San Antonio: the practice facility yep. where the rampage uh, practice, and then the rink itself the at t which, which is used shared, a lot for basketball and concerts Spurs, so yeah. you really only have that on game day so is that true only two rinks only two ice rinks oh yeah i think the next closest one might be in austin so that's, that's about an hour exactly hour close. an hour and yeah. 15 hour 30 away jeez yeah so but we, i don't think we ever had a problem with ice scheduling i think uh we had early practices if we'd ever did saturday morning okay just because they had public skating and minor hockey afterwards but uh, yeah only two rinks in so, the entire city. So how far is the practice facility from, we'll say, the the arena? Uh, they're about 15, 20, about 20 minutes. So that's just not very straight far. north right up the highway. Okay. Yeah, they're they're yeah. relatively close. Yeah, that's basically the, the same as, as Cranberry to, to PPG yeah. with, with Pittsburgh, yeah. their, their practice facility. Exactly. The, the, the game rink is just east of downtown, and then the practice rink is north towards the suburbs. So same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, so we'll be keeping a close eye on San Antonio as the Penguins will trek out there in January. Whether you're with us or you're up with Pittsburgh at that time, I will definitely be hitting you up I can for still, San Antonio I can still help you out either way. I'm, I'm sure it'll be I, a lot of guys will be will blowing up your I'm phone sure. at that point. <laughs> um, but you came now, like we said, to the Eastern Conference, first time in your career, but you did not come alone. You came with a teammate that you spent the past yep. two seasons with, one in San Antonio, one in Colorado, now Penguins captain, David Orsovsky, how nice is it to be making this transition with a guy that you've known the past two years? Uh, it's very nice. I mean, anytime you have a familiar face, uh, especially when it's a really close friend uh, like Dougie, I, I can't, I can't call him David. I don't know. Oh, that's, <laughs> it's, we'll, it's weird to me. We'll get to that later. We but, will. Uh, anytime you have someone like David, um, who you're close <laughs> with, uh, it always helps. Especially you know the first couple of days you're. You get to Pittsburgh. You don't know your way around yet. You don't know you know any guys in the locker room for the most part. So it's always nice to have that comfort level. Um, and it just the way it kind of worked out was, um, you know, it just it just by luck we both kind of separately decided we wanted to come to Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, it kind of just worked out for us. Worked out perfectly. Yeah. Now it's hard calling him David, right? Because he's Dougie. Whenever he was first here with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, we learned his nickname's Dougie. We'll delve into that story in a little bit for those of you that don't know. But I wondered whenever he was out in the Western Conference if the Dougie moniker would follow him, and apparently it did. It did. I think he's pretty adamant about it too. Um, I had an inside tip from a player who played here, Cam Gauntz, Actually, he oh, was okay, in Wilkes-Barre, yes. and he actually told me, "Hey, he his nickname's Dougie." I'm like, "Dougie, that doesn't make any sense. His, nope. name, his name's David. Why would like why would it be Dougie?" Mm -hmm. So I started calling him David for the first couple of days, and then I was like, hey, someone told me to call you Dougie. And he's like, yeah, that's what I like to go by. And then ever since then, I don't think I've called him David since then. <laughs> yeah, Have you gotten the, the origin story? I, I do know the origin story, but I don't know if I should tell it on the podcast. I think maybe you should wait till he's one of your guests and he can tell it for you. How about that? I like the way you think. We've had him tell it before on a little intermission interview when he was first with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins back in 2015-16. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have that interview archived. I'm not sure if fans remember it from that many years ago, but yeah. yeah we'll have to let him tell it himself. So to be continued yeah. on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, the story of how David Warsawski <laughs> became Dougie Warsawski.
Because it's so funny every time, every year, like players that play with him for the first time try and figure it out. Like, well, yeah, well, yeah. no, who's who's Dougie? They hear someone no, say Dougie. No, that's David. Like, I, I remember actually, it was last year we were on the bench and um, talking with the coach, and I'm like, oh yeah, Dougie on the power play. If Dougie does this and we do that, and we're just talking, and he looks at me, he's like, who's Dougie? <laughs> and just it was the heat of the moment in the game, and I just yeah. know him as Dougie. And I'm like, oh. David Dworsovsky, that not Dougie. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Coach. <laughs> Try and keep up. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. That's great. That's great. Well, we'll have to approach David Dworsovsky about that later in the season. I like the way you think. A little tease for the fans. That's it. We'll pick it up later, but I will not tease you any further. We got to move now to one of our recurring segments here on the Wilkes-Barre Granted Penguins podcast, Andrew. Things are going to get a little bit difficult now. You're going to have to really flex your brain on this one. We always have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. So they don't know who's coming on next. They just leave a question. Wow. It could be about anything in the world. Who was your guest last time? It was John Lazat. Oh. Okay. I have no, no idea what direction this question might go then. Um, I wasn't <laughs> sure either, but uh, he gave me the question, and now it is time for me to pop the question. Are you ready? Sure. Andrew, if you could start – any conspiracy theory, what would it be? Wow. He went pretty deep with that. He did. So once again, this is not a question. I had to clarify this. This is not what is your favorite conspiracy theory. This is if you were to start, be the genesis of the world's next great conspiracy theory, what would it be? Wow. Yeah. Johnny might have stumped me on that. I do, I'm do. i a big fan of conspiracy theories, too. You are? I do like them. You like diving deep? Yeah, but I'm to come up Finding with my own. Truth, wow. Well, I guess you can start a conspiracy theory on the David Dougie scenario, can't you? Oh, you absolutely <laughs> right? could. Is it David? Is it Dougie? Is it David? Is it Dougie? Has it always been Dougie? Yeah, right. And then David is the conspiracy. Right. I don't know. You got to dig a little bit deeper into this. I think now. so. Yeah. Maybe dig we'll have a little to bit deeper. Maybe clarify it once he tells the story. We will. Like, hey, there are some rumors yeah. that the story that you're telling is false. That your name is you're, actually Dougie. That your name is actually Dougie. And David is just some sort of front for that something you put else. up. Yeah. yeah, follow the money, man. I think that might be the conspiracy theory. Follow the money. Yeah, maybe get a Netflix documentary on it. This goes all the way to the top, man. Yeah, this I goes so. all the way to the top. I think so. <laughs> the Dougie Wersowski conspiracy <laughs> is alive and well. Yeah, thanks to Andrew Agassino. Well, there you go. Sim- simple question. Simple question, was, simple I'm going to have to go have a talk with Johnny after this. Yeah, well, he, like yeah that. exactly. That's a that's a tough one. That requires some serious creativity. Yeah. You thought on your feet. You stuck with it. But now we transition to another recurring segment here on the Wilkes-Barre's Grant to Penguins podcast. And this, this is about as creative as I've ever asked our players to get. And I think fans heard last week. They did an excellent job with it. Andrew, it is now time for you to play our new game here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. This is called Lights, Camera, Fiction. Lights, Camera, Fiction! All right, Andrew, as I explained on the podcast last week, I am a big fan of bad movies. I love bad movies, movies that sometimes you can't even believe that they exist. So here on Lights, Camera, Fiction, what we're going to do is we're going to go through a bunch of bad, irredeemable movies. Okay. Okay? I will read you the title to the movie, and then you have to guess which plot is the real plot to this movie. 
Okay. I will read you two plots. One is real. Another plot was made up by one of your teammates. Okay. So you have to discern which one is real and which one is fake. These are all real movies. Okay. But the plots are not all real. Let's do it. All right. Let's get after it here. We're going to play another round of Lights, Camera, Fiction. Our first movie is called Ninja Terminator. Ninja Terminator. This movie came out in 1985. Okay. okay? Ninja Terminator. A young ninja student is struck by lightning on his way home from a lesson and is revived as a robot killer. Or is Ninja Terminator? Several groups search after the three pieces of the Golden Ninja, a statue that when put together makes its owner invincible. Ninja Terminator. I gotta say it's A, we get struck by lightning. That's what you think is the real one? That's what I think is the real one. Well, Andrew... You are 0 for 1 so Ooh. far. You have been fooled by Joseph Cramarosa. No, of all guys, too. Yes, no. Joseph Cramarosa, who don't so far, I believe, has earned the most don't incorrect answers. Uh, yeah, we won't let him know <laughs> until maybe the end of the season. He doesn't, we'll see need, he doesn't need that. He doesn't need the ego no. boost, but he's been good so far. He fooled you with Ninja Students Struck by Lightning, Revived as Robot Killer. The real Ninja Terminator movie is several groups search after a statue well, that, that can make them like invincible. A movie. Oh, trust me, it is. <laughs> It's terrible. And now we move on to this one, another classic from the 80s. This one is called Mannequin. Are you familiar with the movie Mannequin? Nope. All right. Well, this came out in 1987. Is Mannequin about an aspiring artist discovers the spirit of an Egyptian princess lives inside of a mannequin. The mannequin can come to life, but only when he's around. Or is Mannequin a man who feels invisible to society, finds purpose, when he pretends to be a mannequin. Both of those sound horrible. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to have to say A. You think A is the real one? Yes. Going with A again. Mannequin is about the Egyptian princess inside of the mannequin that comes to life. I just feel like n I don't feel any of the guys can come up with something that drastic, dramatic. Let's see. You nailed it. That is the correct there plot to Mannequin. Man who feels invisible and pretends to be a mannequin. That was Ryan Scarfo. Okay. But you are one for two, 500 so far. Next movie, Andrew. Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth, it came out in 2000. In the year 3000, a group of rebels fight to steal Earth's natural resources back from an evil group of aliens. Battlefield Earth. Okay. Or, an ancient war is waged between two civilizations over their king's right to marry a beautiful woman, but their empires must join forces to stop a pending alien invasion. So we got two alien-related plots here with Battlefield I'm going to go with B on this one. B is the real plot. B. The kings want to marry a beautiful woman, but they yeah. have to join forces to Fight stop the aliens. An alien attack. Andrew, you are wrong again. <sighs> that was Sam Militech. Okay. Got you with Battlefield Earth. The real movie is in the year 3000. They have to fight aliens to get back Earth's natural resources. Okay. Which is harder to say than I thought it would be. <laughs> As I was reading it, I had to really slow down there. All right, so there we go. So Joseph Cramarosa and Sam Militech have got I you. I can give Millie. I okay. can give him that one. All right, let's see about this one. This movie, one of my favorites, Time Cop. It's called Time Cop. came out in 1994. Okay. Thieves and corrupt politicians start using time travel to commit their crimes. So the government begins a task force to protect the law and the future. Time Cop. An FBI agent has to find the love of his life before time runs out and he can never see her again. A. Time cop. 
A. Yeah. You said that with authority. Yeah. And you are absolutely correct. Have you seen Time Cop? I haven't seen it, but (laughs) it just sounded too real, and the second answer didn't sound like a good enough movie to be a bad movie even. Well, Ryan Haggerty could not fool you on that one. Time Cop, a Jean-Claude Van Damme classic, and you got that one. So once again, back to 500, my friend, two for four. See if we can bump ahead of 500 with Fair Game. Came out in 1995, Fair Game. Major League Baseball umpires are bribed to throw Game 7 of the World Series. They all agree that they will not accept the money, but when missed calls affect the outcome of the game, the umps start to wonder who among them can really be trusted. Fair game. A romance blooms between a police officer and a beautiful lawyer while the cop tries to protect her from an angry mob of former KGB operatives. Fair game. B. B. KGB operatives, cop and the lawyer. Yep. You are correct. That is the real plot to Fair Game, Major League Baseball umpires. Who is that one? Justin Almeida. Okay. Justin Almeida. And even though the World Series is about to begin, I asked him about that a while ago, <laughs> so it's not like it was just on his mind. So don't give him a hard time, folks. Now three for five, Andrew. Here we go. Next one. This is called, you ready for this? My Stepmother is an Alien. My Stepmother is an Alien. It came out in 1988. Lindsay doesn't see eye-to-eye with her new stepmother and thinks that her dad can do better. That is, until she tastes her famous chili. My stepmother is an alien. (laughs) The most beautiful woman in the universe is sent to Earth to investigate how a human scientist was able to send radio signals into deep space. So we have stepmother with the famous chili or space woman who's trying to see how the scientist sent radio signals to space. I feel like it can't be the chili. It's got to be B. It's got to be B, beautiful woman. I would think so. Beautiful alien woman is correct. That is correct. Ryan Scarfo tried to get you with the famous chili. <laughs> you would not be fooled. So now you got a little bit of a streak going, Andrew. Yep. We got two left here. Let's see if we can stay over 500. Right. And since we are approaching Halloween here. I thought it would be appropriate to get a little bit spooky with our final entries here in Lights, Camera, Fiction. First, we have Vampire Academy. The movie is Vampire Academy. It came out in 2014, so a contemporary bad movie. Is this movie about a half-human, half-vampire must go to vampire school in Montana and protect it from evil forces that are ready to take over the world? Or is Vampire Academy about three teenage vampire best friends apply to enter a prestigious private school, but only two of them are accepted. The one who is left behind develops a grudge and becomes determined to destroy the Academy. Kind of like the sounds of B better. Sounds a little more interesting. Sounds a little more interesting. So you think B B is the real one? Yeah. You are incorrect. (sighs) John Lazat has again. stumped you again. So he stumped you on I the question. A, I got to have a chat with this guy. Oh, buddy. John Lazat <laughs> comes in with Vampire Academy. The real plot is a half-human, half-vampire has to go to vampire school in Montana. Sounds horrible. <laughs> it is. And one last one here. Last one here for your round of Lights, Camera, Fiction. Another vampire movie for Halloween. Another one of my favorites, Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. This movie came out in 1988. A teenage vampire from Brazil moves to New Zealand and quickly falls for a boy at her new school. But when they share their first kiss, he turns into a vampire and she has to stop him before he begins to turn others. Vampire's kiss. 
or after sharing a romantic night with a stranger, a man believes he's turning into a vampire. Could it all be true, or has he just gone crazy? So we have two movies with people being turned into vampires. Which one is the real vampire's kiss? I'll say B again. B is the real one. Romantic Night with a Stranger, Man Believes He's Turning Into a Vampire. Andrew, you have successfully improved to over 500. You will finish the game over 500. That is the real Vampire's Kiss, a Nicolas Cage classic. Pierre-Olivier Joseph and Thomas DePauli tag-teamed that other one, but two minds were not greater than one on this final movie of this game of Lights, Camera, Fiction. How do you feel after You've that You've watched one? all those movies? I have not seen all of those movies, but I have seen more of them than I'm proud to admit. Wow. Okay, so we'll go back through them real quick, real quick. All right, so I have seen Ninja Terminator, garbage. Mannequin, <laughs> garbage. Battlefield Earth, garbage. Time Cop, awesome. Fair game, I have not seen. My Stepmother is an Alien, complete and total garbage. Vampire Academy, I have not seen. Vampire's Kiss, one of my all-time favorites. Wow. I haven't seen one of them. Not one. And you know what? I can't blame you for that <laughs> because they are bad, bad, bad movies. Yeah. But that's what Sound, makes them, sounded like it. Yeah. But that's sounded what makes like them so it. fun. Yeah. And that's why we play Lights, Camera, Fiction here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Thank you for humoring me on that one, Andrew. You did very well. I thought not bad. I yeah, thought it was pretty good. You started off kind of going back and forth, yeah. back and forth, but then got Who's a nap for me? it. Was it Cramarosa, Lazat? Cramarosa, Lazat. Militech. Militech. Um, those are the three that, that I think three. got you. Yeah. Yeah. I think Joseph Cramarosa has the highest batting average so far through two episodes we can't of tell Fooling him that. People. No. He cannot know. We might have to get him on, get him on the podcast, and then give him one of his own and see if stump he actually him. remembers. Yeah. Stump himself. That he actually did it. Yeah. Well, see. That's a good idea. Yeah. But we also, I had to make sure that we put in some some vampire ones here, considering it is Halloween time. Right around the corner. Not exactly good stories, but everyone loves a good spooky story yeah. around Halloween. What was your favorite spooky story growing up? Do you have any good scary stories? Uh, no scary stories. No? But uh, I remember at around Halloween, um, my brothers and sisters and I, we'd always watch Hocus Pocus. Oh. That was our, that was our one Halloween movie. That's a good one. That would, yeah, that's a good one. You won't find that in that in that. Uh, you will not there. find Hocus Pocus in, in the Lights, Camera, Fiction <laughs> pile. No, Absolutely but that, uh, that kind of was always the – the couple of weeks leading up to Halloween, that kind of, you know, this time of year where I knew, okay, obviously Halloween's coming, and then it started to feel the Halloween spirit once we saw that movie. Then then you're into it. Then we knew the candy was coming. We knew the candy was coming. As yeah. soon as they start singing, I put a spell on you, yeah. it's game time. Yeah, that's it. It's time, time to play. Halloween is serious. What was your favorite Halloween costume when you were a kid? Uh, as a kid. Did you even have a favorite? I don't know if I had a favorite. Um... I mean, I usually I went as a hockey player a few times. Just kind of creative, real classic ones <laughs> like that, you know. So um, I take a little more pride in my costumes now, now as I'm older, adult. as an adult. That's amazing. And, um, than I did when I was younger, for sure. Okay, what what's your favorite costume you've gone to at like a, a team Halloween party? Because I know those are you always know, believe a blast. it or not. I I've won the last two best. Halloween costumes. You're the champion. Two, the, the two past, uh, the past two parties I've been to. So two years ago, I was Pablo Escobar. Okay. And I actually pulled it off really well. Okay. Um, it's more so the character than the costume exactly. that I it's, go for. It's all about how you present yourself. It, you know, I would kind of be in character for majority of the night. 
That's what you have to do. People think the best Halloween costumes are the ones that perhaps cost the most. They have the finest materials. Oh, it's not. No, it's all in the presentation. Exactly. Absolutely. And Glad to hear the you delivery. got character. Yeah. And then um, last year, actually, my costume um, was Happy Gilmore's Caddy. You are kidding me. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you can see a, so you can see them both on my Instagram. I'm pretty sure, actually. What's your Instagram? Plug it real quick. Uh, just my name, Andrew Agazino. Andrew Agazino, so That's you can't it. miss yeah. it. Yeah, you'll see them both there, and I think uh, I think that everybody would like them. They're they were both like I said, I was in character. Good. Walking around with one shoe on, like he does <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> so I was uh, I was proud of those two. That's great. You should be proud of that. This is now the second time now though that I've heard of a guy on the Penguins being a happy Gilmore caddy for Halloween. Really? Who so was the you other were one? so you were the the caddy that he has when he's actually on the tour. When Jake Gensel was here, he was Happy Gilmore's caddy at the Waterbury yes. Open, yeah, the, the little skinny one. kid yeah, with where the blonde he tackles hair. Him. Yeah. He showed up, I guess <laughs> That's the, a good one for him. He showed up to the Halloween party, didn't tell anyone that and when he walked in, apparently everyone was just in stitches. That's a great one it was for him. Perfect. Yeah. So both his caddies covered in Wilkesbury. And I don't know if they gave out a best dressed award that year, but I can't imagine. Oh, we never gave out awards too, but, but I'm just yeah, going like, based off, you know, I was clearly the best dressed <laughs> at those parties. Not formally announced, but I mean we all knew. We all knew. And for the, to that same point, I think everyone knew Jake Gensel had the best costume at that party, just as everyone knows Andrew Agassino right. was the best at his last two. Right. Do you have any plans for this year? You know what? I've or no spoilers. I've been uh super busy trying to get my house and everything ready. So I haven't had too much time. I got two that I'm kind of deciding back and forth. I don't know if they'll be as good as Happy Gilmore's Caddy or Pablo Escobar when I pulled those off, but I think they'd both be pretty, pretty good. And like I said, it's more in the character. Um, I'll be in character all night, no matter which one I choose. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. That's what I like to hear. It's all about the character work. Check the Instagram in a couple of days. Folks, After Halloween, there you go. You heard it. Sauce him a follow on the Instagram, <laughs> Andrew Agazino, and stay up to date on all Halloween costume-related uh, misadventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Halloween costume costumes. Oh, goodness. Well, I've taken up enough of your time, Andrew. Like I said, I know you said your your wife and baby, they're coming in soon, so I want to make sure you get a chance to get home and tidy up the house and yeah. make it look like you've been behaving yourself right. while they've been away. <laughs> right, so right. we're going to wrap things up here on the Wilkes-Barre's Granted Penguins podcast. But before I let you off the hook, we have to do one more thing. We do this at the end of every episode. This is something that we call Pen's Picks. Pen's Picks. Andrew, this is the time in the podcast where I ask my guest for a recommendation. It can be about anything in the world, whatever you're into right now, whatever you feel like the people need to know about. What is your pen's pick? Ah, pen's pick. Something I'm into right now. Uh, I was actually telling one of the guys on the team today about a show on Netflix. I obviously like to get in series. It's great to kill time when traveling on the bus, the plane, whatever it is, so... There was a show on Netflix called Safe. Okay. I haven't um, seen this. It's a Netflix original. It's uh it's a nice thriller. It's only about six, seven episodes, if uh if I remember correctly. I watched it last summer. Um, but it was one of my favorite ones and it's about a girl who goes missing and her father is trying to piece together what had happened and um you know the, the thing I liked about it was I thought I had an idea of who the suspect was about 10 different times throughout the series. Oh, okay. And um, thought I had a beat on it, and I was wrong every time. So it really, <laughs> really kept me guessing. It was a great show. So it's not so, 
obviously recent because I watched it a while ago, but um, I would recommend that for for someone. Sounds better than Mannequin. If you're looking for a show. Sounds yeah. better than all those all those <laughs> movies we touched on. And you said this is Netflix original, Netflix. so if you got a Netflix subscription, Netflix just get on yep. safe. Safe. Simple as that. Who's Simple. the who's the lead? Anyone? You know, it's it's a British show. I'm not sure exactly oh. his name, but uh, it was really well done. Really, really good show. All right, folks. Well, check out Safe. Uh, my pen's pick here may be a controversial one, okay. but I'm going to throw it out there anyway to the Penguins fans. Uh, my pen's pick is going to be Zach Fish, the broadcaster for the Hershey Bears. Now, I know Penguins fans, you don't exactly like the Hershey Bears, but Zach Fish, he's a, he's a good egg. Uh, we always have great chats whenever we get together before the Penguins and Bears. Many clashes during the season, and he just hooked me up for concert tickets for this week too. So I feel He's in your good books. There you go. I feel like I have to give Zach Fish a shout out. Pretty darn good at his job too. So hopefully you're listening to me at uh, the Penguins broadcast. But if there's ever a time where there's technical difficulties or something, you're in good hands with Zach Fish. So that is my. Penn's pick. Hopefully I didn't rock the boat too much out there to the black and gold faithful by picking a Hershey Bears broadcaster as my Penn's pick, but you can't change my mind. I got my mind made it's up, done. and that is the end of this episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Andrew Agazino, ladies and gentlemen, my guest and a fantastic guest at that. Andrew, thank you so much for taking Thanks for having time. me, Nick. That was fun. Yeah, glad that was great. that you had fun. And I hope all of you listening out there had fun as well. We'll be back again in two weeks with another fantastic episode of the Penguins podcast. We hope to see you then. Bye.